And we're back with Cinema Cemetery. I'm Dan. And I'm Kate. And Kate, it's our golden episode, episode 50. We made it. What? 50 what episodes. What a journey we've been on. This Over is wonderful. Over 25 hours of content, 50 episodes, plus a few extras. It's 1977. And wow. we're going to be talking today about a little-known movie called Star Wars, episode four, A New Hope. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, but sadly, uh, Kate, there was a mistake, and that movie didn't win in what? 1977. Yeah, you're yeah, telling get... me Lucasfilm didn't win? Kate, that I still don't understand what happened. I think it was one of those <laughs> La La Land type mix-ups, and they had the wrong envelope. But no, Star Wars did not win in 1977, despite being the second highest ticket-selling movie of all time, and arguably defining the next 44 years of movie culture. No, Kate, we're talking today about uh, Annie Hall by Woody Man. Allen. Annie Hall. Ugh. Never has a snub been so snub-worthy. Okay, I lie. A kid singing in the rain, Citizen Kane, but Star Wars. Star Wars. And today we're learning about Annie Hall starring Carol Kane and Christopher Walken. They do. They are in it. And what surprise little little glimmers. How fun that was for them. But wait, Dan, I don't think that's who starred in it. They are in the movie, but no, this is a Woody <laughs> Allen vehicle, Woody Allen playing uh, himself, and uh, the <laughs> eponymous Diane An Keaton. Annie Hall is played by Diane Keaton, yes, in a also role playing that is herself. Yeah, written for her, the, the tagline is. So, uh, yeah, Annie Hall. Dan, I think I would like a movie to be written for me, like Kate just getting to play Kate and starring as Kate. In a movie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How do you think that would go? Might be. It'd be a lot of loudness. And um, I imagine some laughs. Mainly you, at me. People would laugh <laughs> so hard they would no longer feel their smiles. And they would get so sad they couldn't feel their frowns. Yeah, that would probably happen too. And I'd probably fall backwards off a chair. But yeah, so that's that's my hope for my future. Well, I guess that's 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 the goal, right? I heard that they're <laughs> making a movie about Sean Payton, the the coach of the uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, and Kevin James is playing him because he he was banned from the league for a year and he went and coached a sixth grade team. So it's going to be like a like a little Giants remake. This has or nothing like, to do with Danny Hall. It's just we're talking about Keanu Reeves. Was it Hardball? Yeah. No, that's not what it was. Uh, never mind. It'll okay. come to me mid-show. What happens in Annie Hall if, if we've never seen it? How would you describe it to somebody? Oh, Dan, damned if I know. A neurotic 40-year-old New Yorker uh, dates and falls in love with what I think is a pretty cool lady who's a free spirit. And we just get to watch, um, I don't know, their neuroses tear each other apart. Is that depressing enough? Annie Hall's supposed to be this very, like, they love it. And I was reading articles about, like, the top 40-est, funniest time moments of Annie Hall, and I just, I wasn't laughing. Well, I don't know, Kate. That's a pretty terrible summary. Uh, is this movie a, a tragedy, then? Is this a... I think it is, yeah. Not for, not for, not for... 
for Annie, but for Albie, certainly. Yeah, well, so, how would you describe it? Well, the movie I'm... the movie's marketed as a comedy, right? And so it begins at the end, actually. They've broken up. And so we know right away, this, there's no surprise here, that it's not going to end well. And so this is a flashback looking into the relationship. Um, but this movie, I think, is more similar, if I'm talking to someone to today, it's sort of like an Adam McKay-type movie in that it, it feels like a lot of different um little vignettes and scenes and pieces and uh, just just really playing around with with what a narrative of a movie can be so um, that one I'll agree it's closer to a series of very very micro episodes than an actual narrative itself uh and almost yeah go ahead no yeah so it's it's a comedy and then there is some tragedy but even in the tragedy I don't think we're supposed to feel bad for the characters per se it's simply to show the 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 humor in negative parts of life yeah i'll 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 give you that i mean i'll get into the the critiques of i or the the good parts of this because it's certainly not all bad there's good parts of it but it is very similar and you can see um like you were saying like adam mckay it also almost looks like the first season of masters of none if you ever watched that the the way it's episodic and hitting those little moments in life i would say it's similar so if no one's seen annie hall but you have seen that there's a frame yeah so woody allen if you're if you're unfamiliar with his work i think this is a lot of people this is probably his most well-known movie i don't know that it's my favorite i think you know i'd have to give that to uh bananas or uh you know one of the more modern ones like match point or, or midnight in paris but uh, this is this is certainly peak Woody Allen. He plays, like you said, this n- neurotic um, New Yorker. I think that's a huge part of his existence is that he is he's sort of the embodiment of the city. Uh, he is Jewish in his identity. Uh, reminds me a lot of a the younger Larry David. I guess he's older than or the same age as yeah. Larry David. But yeah. Larry David like, now. Larry David in, in his forties. Yeah. Yeah. Larry David in Curb Your Enthusiasm is very similar to this this character just this guy's 40 uh and so yeah if that that's certainly what you're getting into a lot of complaining a lot of uh witty dialogue though i think the humor in this is not just from the situations it's just from the dialogue and how he's able to just work the jokes in uh constantly mm-hmm. yeah i'll give you that i don't i don't know i think maybe i was watching this with I, let's 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 stay on format dan what worked for you in this movie and then what did not work for you in this movie yes so what worked we'll start with just some good things um the movie i think much like a lot of comedies the the first 20 30 minutes are pretty solid uh it was a 90 minute movie and the first 20 30 minutes are full of uh jokes you know, just written in the dialogue, like I said, but also really plays around with what can be done in a typical movie. There's a brief animation sequence. There's a s- many scenes where Woody Allen turns directly to the camera and breaks the fourth wall. We've seen that a lot today. I think that was a little more mm-hmm. abnormal back then. At one point, he turns to the fourth wall. He's, he starts talking to the audience, and another character gets annoyed at this and also breaks the fourth wall. And then Woody mm-hmm. Allen pulls out a real-life person uh, and asks them to comment on the previous conversation. So it gets real you know, meta within itself. And so, I don't know. Oh, I yeah. always like that kind of stuff. And so, to me, if the movie had just been more of that, I, I think I really would have liked it. 
didn't really continue as the movie went on. It, it did get a little bit more traditional, and you got. I don't, to me, it's like this. Why? Why does comedies have to be sad in the second half? Just be funny the whole time, you know? Just, just. <laughs> you don't so, want it down. Yeah, like I, I could. Well, I don't know. I trying to add some gravitas to it, but I, I really like that a lot. I, I also, um, you know, Woody Allen's when he's doing his bits, he's at his, he at his finest. Diane Keaton w- was okay. Um, I think all the little cameos of people that would later become famous. Jeff Goldblum has a line in there. Christopher Walken was famous, but not so famous. It was good to see him in there. Shelley Duvall is in there. So you just see a lot of people that uh, it was. Carol Kane is almost unrecognizable. Yeah, a lot of people about to to break out. Uh, so that was interesting. And um, there was there was one more thing I was going to, and I think just I guess we can talk about themes in a little bit, but. Later, when I thought about it, knowing what the movie was, I thought it was a lot more important than I thought the first time I watched it. So, like like that stuff. <laughs> what about you? Um, I'm going to agree with all the things you said, so that's pretty boring there. Um, you know, as in comparison to earlier Woody Allen movies, this shit from his more absurdist stuff and straight comedy and this offers more nuances and I do think it offers a really realistic picture of a relationship and the back and forth and dynamics so those things I thought did hit very real it did leave things very kind of unresolved in similar ways in life and so that I thought was very good um much like you said the second half just really dragged for me. Um, so I would have liked more of the, you know, comparing when they would like split the scenes and they would have like the Gentile home and his Jewish life and like kind of playing with those elements back and forth and playing with different, um, like different themes in the same shot. I liked all that stuff. I did like, they, they often people call this the love letter to New York. I agree. You know, I, I like seeing all that. Um, but I think it just kind of left me, I didn't, watching it, I was kind of just, I don't know, I was left sort of empty. I wasn't really like, yeah, this was groundbreaking for me. This movie did, it referenced a few things that I'm curious where they went or if things changed. Number one, I thought it was funny. They call therapy analysis back then. Yeah. And then um, there's still this negative perception of it. Everything they can't believe that you've gone to therapy for 15 years. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, was it was it Paul Simon is in this movie? Oh, I forgot Paul Simon. He yeah. was in this movie so much. He, he I was basic- very excited about that. That worked for me. <laughs> he basically plays himself. But um, yeah. at one point, he's trying to convince Diane Keaton because she's a, a, a quote singer in this. Uh, and so he's trying to convince her to come to Los Angeles. Was there this notion that New York was kind of over in the 70s and that and that the real hip place was Los Angeles? Because he's talking about this, and I'm thinking, well, today, New York is the same as ever, and, and Los Angeles is is what's kind of dirty, over. and nobody's moving to Los Angeles uh, in, in en masse, right? It's it's a smog, and the fires, and the highways are huge, and right? It's just as, just as bad. I would say, yeah, in the 70s, I, I would say... Today, there definitely is less 
of a LA. Um, although there will always be that divide between East Coast and West Coast types of lifestyles, right? I think that's pretty consistent. Um, but because you can film in so many different ways and locations and you can do so many different projects that like, yeah, the, the you got to go to LA to do the big things isn't the same as it was in the 70s. If you wanted to be in the movies, if you wanted to make it big in music, you had to be in LA. Well, sure. So, yeah. It just seemed like people were, New York was 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 played out, you know, because Woody Allen wasn't yeah. doing anything big, right? He was just like, oh, yeah, I like the city. It's great. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of wonder if that was the case. There was this wave of, you know, sports leagues and teams moving out there. And yeah. now, I mean, you know, where are people moving today, right? They're moving to Florida. They're moving to Texas. They're, it's, it's even California they're leaving as well, whereas once they were yeah. headed there. So that's, I'm, I guess I should talk to somebody that was that was 40 back then and see is that what they were thinking i don't know but also with new york new york dc those big hubs sometimes people will say i'm gonna go live in a big city for a little bit until i'm over it and that might be part of that is you know i did the big city thing or i did this city and i'm done with it and i'm moving on that could be it too well what didn't work for you kate I don't know. I was, I don't know if I was just annoyed with Woody Allen in general because I did watch Allen v. Pharaoh and that was coloring me. Um, I was annoyed with Woody Allen. Just his character, that was annoying to me, which I know is like the thing that everyone, like, quote unquote, loves about Woody Allen's characters. I was just kind of over it. It felt like he was just pulling Annie Hall down. Um, that didn't work for me. The slowness of the second half didn't work for me. And um, I was reading an article on the way you were saying the jokes are all just kind of worked in. And Roger Ebert had said, what most people won't notice is that this whole movie is just people talking. People, it just flows so well. And that's all I could think the whole time I was watching it. Like I, I was like, there's just so much talking. And I think that's where I was like, it, it could be quieter. There, yes, there was a lot of just Woody Allen having scenes you could tell just to work in his material. Uh, and yeah, if, if you don't li- like the Woody Allen shtick, um, that's half the movie. You're not going to like it. it there, there's not enough, whereas a movie like um, The Big Short or something where it's uh, similar type style, but it jumps around and there's there's four main plot lines moving at the same time and you're getting this hodgepodge here. It's, it's him, right? It's the Woody Allen show. I think he's in every scene. Uh, is there yeah. anything without him, right? So if you're not into that, no. Annie Hall in therapy. Woody Allen's not in there, but he's being referenced. I like the I like the scene where it's the two of them in in analysis at the same time, right? I agree. They're both saying yeah. the same thing, but uh, <laughs> it, they're both reacting to it so differently, and so yeah. that was interesting. I did like that play around. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What didn't work for you? Mm, yeah, I think the. Like I said, just anytime you have a comedy and it drifts out of being a comedy, um, I've seen funnier Woody Allen movies. So the notion that this movie wins Best Picture in 1977 and there are literally other movies he made that are more interesting. I guess as I thought about it later, I realized, you know, this does address 
um, New York as a city versus Los Angeles. This does address um, anti-Semitism or just the Jewish identity. This does address gender issues and how the two different mm-hmm. genders are. So in, in that case, I guess it's more important than just a comedy. But I also, I didn't need to see it, right? It's not a movie. It's, it, it's not a movie I'm going to watch again unless I unless I do a rewatch of the best pictures uh, another time. I remember when I first saw it, I thought, oh, that that's it. It's a it's a comedy that's that's not all that funny, uh, and I think that by itself is is the biggest detractor. Yeah, and I think I it might it did speak. The more I thought about it, I think this was probably the first time, and I could be wrong because we all have learned that I don't see as many movies as I think. It could be the first time someone tried to do a movie like this where you are hitting those heavy hitter themes and examining a relationship intensely in this way. And I do think that this was probably a big deal because it was the first time Woody Allen had kind of shifted the way he makes movies, yada, yada, yada. But I've seen this done and I've seen it done better. Mainly Masters of None is the first one that comes to mind. So did this create like a a format for future? It did. So that does make it significant. And I will... I'll allow for it. After seeing New Girl, uh, 500 Days of Summer, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and Masters of None, uh, you, you see this and you're like, oh, it's the... the you did such a good job. Right. It's the, the <laughs> what, free free spirit, fairy child woman character. And you're like, oh, manic I, I've pic- seen... Is, manic, is, that's, that's it. Manic, manic Pixie, pixie yeah. Fairy? You think Diane Keaton's a Manic Pixie Fairy? She's the 77 version, right? This is the... Maybe. Okay. Well, I don't think by modern standards she just seems like a kind of normal person. But back then, I think I think she was supposed <laughs> she to was be. She's, I mean, place. she was wearing a she's wearing a yeah. tie and like the right and the vest yeah. and the, her, just her whole outfit. I'm told was was uh, trend setting like that. People and even going back, like when she would like when they went back and looked at all of her relationships, where she would just like morph into whoever she was with and like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then, of course, like I was saying at the opening of this, the biggest uh, crime of this film is that it beat 1977 Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Which which I totally understand, right? How often does a science fiction movie win Best Picture? The answer is never. I don't think it has. This yeah. isn't like a normal science fiction film. James Earl no. Jones is in it. Oh, right. No, I, I understand why they didn't win, but if you look at cultural relevancy, Star Wars all by itself uh, should should easily have won. So so that's the other thing. This movie, I'm like, oh, you're the movie that beat Star Wars. Okay. What do you got? Oh, that <laughs> that's it? That's it? No, like, you know, if I had seen Network from that I mentioned last week and seen Star Wars, I'd go, yeah, I get it. I get Network. Network, Network was pretty clever. <laughs> Even if a modern movie like... Uh, you know, social network or something had been up against Star Wars. They'd be like, okay, that's more commentary of the time. But mm-hmm. so it's tough to tough to get but behind this one. Did we know that Star Wars was going to be as amazing as it was? I don't know. You could probably speak to that. Like, did did they know it was going to be the franchise that it has become? Well, Kate, at the time, it it made so much more money than anything else that had ever come before, and sold more tickets than any movie except Gone with the Wind, and, and that was a movie that had had a 40 years of, of re-releases. And so, so aside from, I mean, it, it would be, it was Titanic of its time, but but bigger. It, it So it's hard to overstate 
how intense that was at the time. Yeah, that's what you think of Star Star Wars. Well, I'm like, thinking oh, of the CGI. It had to do like CGI before CGI was a thing. Like putting the little like Vaseline on the camera to make it look like things were floating when they weren't, and that kind of like the technology that went into Star Wars was significant. No, oh, sure, the special effects. No, it's just funny when you're describing Star Wars, you described it as a James Earl Jones movie with hovercrafts. <laughs> I, I don't know if those would be the first two elements of the of the movie. I... I'm really good at descriptions. <laughs> oh, okay. There should be a game, like describe a movie badly, and I would be so good at it. I like that Star Wars movie. They, they, they wear a lot of brown hoods. I mean, the Jawas? Yeah. They're in five yeah, the minutes movie of the movie. With the, I have described the third one as, um, the, you know, the movie with the teddy bears. <laughs> that that <laughs> is that even better than Star Wars. James Earl Jones vehicle with uh, with <laughs> hoverboards. And they're like the bikini, the metal bikini. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think that should be an award in that, itself. That should just be. I. It's like yeah. that meme. Describe movies badly. You know. And I win every time, yeah. 100%. But yeah, so I agree. You put Star Wars against Annie Hall, it's no contest. I'll watch Star Wars forever and always. Yeah. I didn't I didn't hate this movie, but I, I this movie I went into not expecting to like, and it met my expectations perfectly. Whereas last week, we thought Rocky was going to be way better than right. it was. That was a it surprise. It seemed so much worse. This movie was 90 minutes. We were like, ah, it didn't hurt us. It ended. It it, it's fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's better or worse than Rocky. I'd have to think about it when we go to the list. Oh, yeah. Going to listen to me hard. Before we go to the list, though, I did want to talk about it. I thought it was funny that you opened, as you were describing, you know, it was Woody Allen playing himself and Dan Keaton playing herself. And Woody Allen's very, like, insistent that this is not, this character is not based on him and he doesn't identify with this character. And Diane Keaton it or Annie Hall is not like Diane Keaton at all. And it's not about their relationship. And then Diane Keaton came out and was like, Oh yeah. Like this is reflective of our relationship and Woody Allen. Oh, and okay. so it's very weird. Cause Woody Allen keeps coming out and is like, no, totally not me. So yeah. I don't know if that helps or offers. Well, anything. it's like the Beatles always say Lucy in the sky with diamonds is not about LSD, but, it mm, is so it's not yeah weird that's so. weird <laughs> all right well let's go to the list because i am torn on where to put this because i'm looking in the middle here and i could there's a lot of places where i could find home for this movie is, is it, it better or worse than cimarron which is yeah, cimarron is our right in the middle golden middle <laughs> you know i think i think I think it's going to be lower than Cimarron, lower than it has to be lower than Ben Hur. Um, is it better than Oliver? Is it is it better than The Apartment? Is it better I mean, than West Side Story? I, I liked it better than Midnight Cowboy. Like I look at Midnight yeah. Cowboy and I'm like, I mean, they're kind of similar. And well, no, Midnight Cowboy downer big surprise there for i me. could put it right but i can't you can't put this movie above ben-hur just because of no, ben no, 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 scope. No, no, no. but i could no. put it above midnight cowboy because the ones below that are all movies that while they had some value i did not like watching them 
And mm-hmm. I think this movie's right on that edge. Ben Hur, even we we appreciated it, but didn't like watching it. So I think I think right yeah. below Ben Hur would be a good place. Yeah, that's I our agree. watchability line. Huh. All oh, right. Damn. Yeah. There we go. Well, well, we did it, Dan. We watched Annie Hall. We placed it in our lineup. And it happened. Good for now, us. Now, Kate, it's time to buckle up because we've got about. Hold on, hold on. I got it. I gotta get my buckle. Ooh. It's buckled. <laughs> we just had a great run of movies here in the '70s, and we're still in the '70s for for two more movies, but we're about to hit some rough stuff. Oh no! I thought yeah. we were out of the. I thought we were in the clear. No. Well, I just mean as far as big movies and tragic movies we're gonna and sometimes both and we're gonna be getting a ton of them over the next 12 years yeah what's next up we have 1978 the deer hunter christopher walken is back robert de niro (gasps) is back have you seen the deer hunter kate i have not is this gonna be something where like next week i'll I'll have seen it and been like "Uh uh-oh yes it's it is (laughs) It is hard to watch. Um, I think it's very well done, but it's a movie you only need to see once or twice in your life. Like Tracy so. Jordan's film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is every time. Every time we come up with an Oscar movie that's like real bad, I automatically think of Tracy Jordan's hard to watch, and I think, why couldn't we just watch that instead? We've got. For those of you that have seen these movies, we've got Deer Hunter, Kramer versus Kramer, Ordinary People Whoa. all in a row. So oh. buckle up here. Oh. oh. Yeah. Oh. Kramer v. Kramer. Oh. oh. I haven't even seen Ordinary People, but I don't want to. No, no. It's more like b- ordinary people. But we'll get to that when we do. Um, for sure? now, for now, if you're looking to lighten it up, take a look at the first half of Annie Hall. And uh, as we head into the... Then, then watch Star Wars. Then, well, yeah, yeah. That is, it is very much a new hope afterwards. <laughs> killing it, Dan. Yeah, killing it. All right, Kate. Well, right I think we've spent enough time on Annie Hall. I think it's time to wrap this I'll one agree. up. Okay, that sounds great. Looking forward to Deer Hunter. Yeah. Oh, no. All right. I'm just, I'm, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, well, we'll see how you. it goes. Thank you to Andre Perez for our artwork as always. And thanks, Chaz Hearn, for the intro and outro music. Hanging in there after 50 episodes. I'm Kate. I'm Dan, and here's the 50 more. We'll see you next time. From now on, I'll go my own way.